to the Work Life Flow Podcast, where we moms take the reins of our lives, explore our options, question the status quo, and demand more from society. Here we come together to tell our stories and share tears of frustration as well as tears of joy. But most importantly, we come together to inspire you to create a work-life integration that works for you. So pour yourself your favorite beverage and come hang out with us. Welcome to Work-Life Flow episode 35. Today I wanted to take a moment to talk about emotional intelligence and mental well-being because a few days ago I was starting to prepare a presentation about mental well-being for homeschooling parents for an online summit that I'm invited to. And, you know, I, I work with emotional intelligence and so I gave an introduction, but... I knew, I realized that I had to make the case for it. Like, why is emotional intelligence and mental well-being tied together? And this is something I would like to explore in this podcast episode today. So bear with me. (laughs) I'm going to give a little short introduction into emotional intelligence. And then I'm going to kind of bring it together of why it is important or, or what what role does it really play. So when we think about our emotions or emotional intelligence, intelligence has something to do with brain, right? And the neuroscience of our emotions is, you know, if we boil it down to simplistic terms, we can say that we have an emotional brain and a thinking brain. And now in everyday situations, what happens is in the nanosecond, our brain, our emotional brain tags a situation as useful or a reward state or not useful and being a threat. And if you've heard this more often, you know, evolutionarily, it makes a lot of sense that in a split second, we could determine if something was a threat. In modern day living, the weird thing is that the types of threats that we notice or we experience, they're not so much about life or death situations anymore, but rather something that we feel are dangerous to ourselves. So it's kind of a protection mechanism that in the modern world is almost running on on overdrive. So thinking about it this way is that now we still feel the emotions that used to protect us. Like when we when we see a threat, we, we feel concern, worry, frustration or stress. But we might be stressed because of a deadline of a project that we have to to hand in. It's not really a life or death death threat anymore, right? (laughs) So we are being triggered often for things that are not as impactful, but for our brain they are. If you follow Dan Siegel, he has a hand model. He uses the emotional brain as the thumb in in the hand. And the prefrontal cortex or the thinking brain are the fingers that wrap around. So when we are in the useful reward state, 
where we're feeling emotions like satisfaction, that we're meaningful, that we're being valued, useful. Our thinking brain is engaged and we can think laterally creative and, you know, make good decisions. (laughs) Accordingly, our behavior is really good. Um, But when our emotional brain tags a threat, like I said before, concern, worry, frustration, the thinking brain gets disconnected. And as Dan Siegel says in his hand model is we flip the lid. So we open up our fingers and basically expose the thumb that's in our palm. Um, And in this flipped lid stage, or, you know, when our thinking brain disconnects, our thinking becomes narrow, limited and disengaged. And as a consequence, decisions and behavior are not so desirable. Um, Then the second layer of this neuroscientific way, right, of uh, of feeling our emotions or of the input that our emotions give us, it's a binary system. But on top of this, our body produces hormones that basically make another feedback loop. So if we are in this useful reward state, we um, produce hormones like dopamine, oxytocin and serotonin. These are all feel-good hormones. If you're a mom, oxytocin is probably very familiar during birth or when you were holding this newborn in your arms. That was an oxytocin oxytocin rush. Excuse me. Um, on the other hand, when we're in this negative state, there's also hormones that can kick in, like adrenaline and cortisol. So it is something that our brain detects our biochemistry enhances and sometimes we get stuck in these loops and like I said decisions and behaviors they're directly connected to the way we feel why is this important you might ask I think when we think about parenting and kids we often hear that the behavior is a way for them to ask for help right like if we have challenging behaviors there's usually an unmet need underneath and the same happens for adults when you imagine like boiling water and in the boiling water you feel these emotions like when it's when we're in the the threat stage you know anxiety stress worry fear disempowerment uncertainty when we feel victimized This is like boiling under the water. And on the surface, we would see behaviors and the respective behaviors to the emotions that I just mentioned would be reactiveness, aggressiveness, problem focus, that we would start blaming others, that we would stop taking responsibility for our actions, procrastination and vandalization. So those are all the behaviors that would show up when we are feeling any of those emotions that we used to, you know, sometimes we call them negative emotions. They're not really negative. Their information is really valid and important. What is negative about them is that they don't feel very good in our body, right? They don't feel good. Our reactions are usually not as good. Like I said, the behavior is accordingly. And so... They don't make us feel good. Um, Yeah, when we have (laughs) a perfect world, 
where we would feel the positive emotions. And again, I want you to imagine. <coughs> excuse me. I want you to imagine the boiling water, and in under the surface you have the emotions, and the positive emotions or the emotions that we like to feel are like relaxed, purposed, valued, cared for, informed, consulted, and empowered. And then above surface, we would be solution-focused, we would be engaged, we would love to collaborate, listen more, accountability is high, buy-in is high, and discretionary effort is high. So like I said, our behavior, our decisions, and ultimately our performance is higher when we're more in those states of positive emotions. How do we get into a state like this? Ideally, you would have an environment where authentic conversations are valued, where you listen to others' needs and they listen to yours, where asking for help is totally okay, where you, can, where you know that others can depend on you and then you can depend on others. So an emotionally safe environment will always bring forth the, those behaviors that are really, you know, bringing a team together, bringing the family together. And so talking about this, you might get have gotten now a bit of a better sense of why emotions and emotional intelligence is important. And so on the one hand, emotional intelligence is making intelligent responses to negative emotions. It means knowing what you know now that a situation might be tagged as a negative with a negative emotion. How can I respond to that situation in a better way so my prefrontal cortex, my thinking brain is engaged and I can handle the situation better, right? Respond rather than react. But it's also, emotional intelligence is also generating positive emotions in self and others through being present, empathetic, genuine, resilient, and empowering in our behavior as often as possible. And this is where it ties in into mental health because if we can generate positive emotions in ourselves and ultimately also in others through the way we show up then you know it's like a snowball effect everybody will in turn become more emotionally intelligent and have more well-being feel more well-being so how can we make that happen how can we become more emotionally intelligent and as you might imagine the first step is self-awareness it is actually noticing those situations where either the tagging happens you know maybe there are situations that are repetitive maybe they are triggering past experiences so the one thing I want you to take away from today is try to go through your day um, or days and weeks thinking about how many emotions you can 
remember, like today, think about yesterday. When you sit down, can you, how many emotions can you name that you felt yesterday? And then do that more often, like bring this exercise back. Or at the end of the day, you can, you know, you can revise. How did I feel today? What was the situation? Why do I think I I was triggered? Or why, you know, is there a common ground to this all? So you can learn to recognize your triggers. And then in the next step, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about how you can handle situations where you're feeling triggered. But what I wanted to share today is this. Um, the first step is to work on your self-awareness because only if you know how you're feeling and which situations are the ones that trigger you, you can really start to take action and change something in your life. And the same is for mental well-being. You need to create that space. You need to create the time to notice where you actually need help or what you need more of in your life. Um, yeah, so this was what I wanted to share with you today. Um, I hope it was helpful. And as always, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear some comments or maybe some aha moments that you had going through the exercise of writing down the emotions you felt and maybe finding, you know, triggers or situations or maybe a time in the day <laughs> that has you more prone to flipping your lid. Um, yeah, as always, I would love to hear from you. I'm on Instagram with my first name underscore last name, so Kerstin underscore Kirchsteiger, and I link to that in the show notes so it's easier for me for you to to connect with me over there. And with this, I wish you good luck and explore your feelings. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Work-Life Flow. As always, you can find all links and websites mentioned in the show notes. Make sure to get your copy of the four must-have checklists for kids so you can sit back and relax while they are getting ready on their own at castingkirchsteiger.com. That is www.kerstinkirchsteiger.com. And remember, keep being brave and share your story.